podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Oh, I've never done it on my phone before. It's quite exciting. This, this is, the, again, uh, K-Tax, welcome to Daniel Norcross every single week. Look at, look at you. <laughs> Just lying down. Fully Just reclined. Relax. Smoking a, smoking a cigarette. I bet you've got a glass of wine within reaching distance. I've got... Oh, hang on. Oh, don't show that now. <laughs> is that. Can you see my one? Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Oh, yes. God. It's like FaceTiming your granddad, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Fuck <laughs> you and all you stand for. <laughs> my granddad's younger. <laughs> should, should we just take it away? Should we go for it? Go for it. Let's do it. Let me just tell my mum I'm on a Zoom because she just got home. Mum! <laughs> Jesus Christ. Mom, Are you recording this? I'm just on a Zoom. She's Get 27. Her. Get her on That's the pod. Right. No worries, thank you. Get she was already been on ours. She went famous, well, actually. She did really well. Oh, yeah. Well, Let's talk about how famous you are after our podcast. Okay, I'm on in. Great say hello now. Because we're still recording. <laughs> she's ha- she's hiding. She won't say hello. Hello, Mrs. Hartley. Hello and welcome to a very special edition of the Zero Ducks Given and No Balls podcast as we have combined two wonderful worlds to create, I haven't come up with a title for it yet, Zero Ducks Given, No Balls, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Zero Balls. Zero Balls, exactly. Thank you, Alex. Thank you. So I am joined as ever by national treasure in his mind only, Mr. Daniel Norcross and genuine national treasure and ex-England. And I like to say, future England cricketer again one day, Mr. Stephen Finn. Hello, Finney. You all right, mate? No, you've got your microphone off. This is what I have to deal with, Kate and Alex, every single He's genuinely week. muted. He's what a shambles. Muted. What an absolute shambles. <laughs> I was trying to mute my headphones so I don't have to listen to Dan Waffle on before the uh, podcast started, but managed to mute my microphone instead. I was building no, you I'm, I'm, I'm very good. I'm fresh off the back of a uh, um, of a photo shoot day. I've still got powder on my face after being at Twickenham. I think the girls have been there as well. So, yeah, I'm feeling fresh, looking beautiful and ready to go. Weird though, because the, the lads weren't in for makeup. It was only the girls that had the makeup artist there. So what's that about, Finney? I had a 20-minute makeup slot. They must have seen me coming. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they thought we're going to need 20 minutes just to powder that nose. <laughs> Fucking hell, sorry. I forgot you were carved out of stone when you were born. Jesus. I should say that, actually. I, I, I kind of sort of think of Stephen Finn as Tony Hadley if he'd been carved on, like, the Galapagos Islands or whatever it is. You know those giant, like, head statues? No? Yeah. Now, now uh, Kate no and Alex, Alex, I could see you shaking <laughs> your head there. Now, you should know that Daniel's references are never pre about 1984, but Tony Hadley was the lead singer of Spandau Ballet, I believe. And those giant heads carved, I think they're on Easter Island, not Galapagos Easter Island. Easter Island, that's right. Galapagos are where the uh, turtles are, aren't they? It's a conservation site. Thank you, yeah. Finny. Yeah. And I Thank thought you. Tony Hadley opened the bowling for New Zealand, so... <laughs> that was where my mind went originally, to be fair. <laughs> he bowled at the other end to Richard Hadley. Right, okay. <laughs> How was Dale Hadley? Can we please get this right? Stop getting Hadleys wrong! <laughs> I've never heard of a Hadley. <laughs> and the, and Alex, you and Daniel Norcross, thankfully, are very, very different people. Don't worry, you're not in the wrong here for not understanding what on earth Daniel Norcross is going on about, Alex. You're very much where you should be. Uh, hello, Kate, and hello, Alex, by the way. Now, I want to ask you, this is normally your question, but I'll start with you, Kate. What's on your sticky note? Oh, wow. Oh, I'm not prepared for that one minute. Let me get it up. 
Well, I've got mine up. Alex, what's on your sticky note? Well, mine this week is a bit random. So the first one is lips like a monkey's ass. Right, okay. So we were talking about lip fillers. And my dad used the reference of, well, I'm not a fan of lip fillers because it makes you look like you've got lips like a monkey's ass. Right. <laughs> so that was the first one, which is a bit random. And the second one was somebody tweeted me saying they wanted to break my back. Ooh, right. Ooh, that's vicious. In a good way or a bad way? Well, <laughs> good way. It's not ideal before the cricket season, is it? <laughs> Finney can't afford any more injuries. What, what elicited such an extraordinarily violent reaction from a random <laughs> lunatic? I gave Crossy his number anyway, so. <laughs> Basically, tw- she put a picture up on Instagram of her face and someone said that they wanted to break her back. Right. Okay. How <laughs> weird. That's the kind I mean, of thing that happens mm. in, in international women's cricket. You get that kind of stuff in your DMs, Dan. Daniel, I've, well, I've told you about yeah. messaging the England cricketers saying these things <laughs> as well. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, well, I, I, I'm, I'm still kind of flabbergasted. Really? I mean, now you know who they are. Does that not count as some sort of, like, thing? Aren't you able to stop them, have them arrested and then taken to, into a dungeon? I imagine no, I got, East I German got dungeon in about 1971. <laughs> Sounds like they might enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> well, water dripping from the wall, angle poise, lamb, and then, you know, just stab two brooches into their eyes and burn their nipples off with, a, you know, a cigarette lighter from a car. You've been on those websites again, Dan, haven't you? <laughs> that flowed a little bit free, too freely from the tongue there, Dan. You've given us some thought before. Yeah, I've got some torture fantasies, yeah. But, but not only people who deserve it, honestly. Uh, well, I'm very sorry to hear that, Alex. Uh, I can assure you that nobody here on the podcast has any intentions of, of harming you in any way. I um, Toby, I found my sticky note, and it's actually a lot um, calmer than Alex's. So I was having a discussion this week about if I was the queen of cricket, what I would do. And what I would change. And I had three things written down. And one of them, and Finney, you, I think you're going to agree with all of these. One of them is that every single cricket ground in the world should be flat. Like there can't be any like bumps, mounds. Like you can't be falling in a ditch at Cow Corner. Like everything should be crown green kind of flatness. That's number one. Big fan of that one. Yeah, number one. Number two, you should always be allowed to wear spikes in a clubhouse. Oh, yeah. 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 Why would you, well, why you gonna... would they make you take them off? And even on a marble floor. I mean, imagine you were like, let's say you were in sort of pretty fantastic palace in Saudi Arabia. And you were getting paid a million pounds for a T5 tournament to bowl one over. And you were wearing spikes as you walked into this elaborately, you know, Sheikh Maksud Al Maksud Maksud's gaff. And you destroyed this delicious two million pound marble and at the same time tore an Achilles. I mean, that's not right, is it, Kate? That is not right. No, I'm saying it should be. I'm saying if you're providing me a ground where I play cricket, I should be allowed to wear my footwear in that pavilion when so I want. So health and safety through. should just fuck off, as well as like trampling on bits of wood. I just think people are really precious about the carpets that they put down in the clubhouse. And let's be honest, it's normally a knockoff one that they've got off the mate that is, yeah, you know, that puts it down, and it's normally a terrible pattern. Mm. So yeah. wear your spikes on it. Make it look a bit better. <laughs> anyway, that was number two. Number three, no ground should have an AstroTurf pitch on it. Oh, fact. I agree with that because I got hit in the face this week and I had a little a little black eye for a while. So I agree with that. Yeah, no. Anyway, that, that, yeah, that's my sticky note. That's what that's, I had this week. They're all very valid points. I mean, my uh, Surrey Division 1 cricket club, Stoke Davenant, that I play for would fail on all those counts. We've got a horrible outfield. 
Uh, I did work out last week that uh, my bowlers run up because uh, I couldn't find where it was in my second spell, but I remembered there was a bit of dog shit to the right of it. So, uh, <laughs> so that that was really, and I, and I bowled very nicely from that dog shit. Actually, I found I found my length, and uh, and also we've got no spikes in the clubhouse. But again, people should put appropriate flooring down if you know everyone's going to be wearing cricket spikes. Put flooring down. One question with the slope. Hang on, what's the appropriate flooring for spikes? What is Wood. it? I mean, honestly, what is it? What is? I mean, actually, actually astroturf. <laughs> yeah, Finney says rubber. I'm with yeah. I'm with you, yeah. Finney. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Very simple. <laughs> you put Dan in his place. That's the quickest so Dan ever. Well, shot no, 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 no. He's right. But are you honestly <laughs> telling me that the home of apparently the home of cricket lords should suddenly stick a sort of like a, a red carpet, but rubber red carpet? Well, you look, the, the long room is actually made out of a rubber-like substance that's probably not rubber. It's obviously because it's Lords and it's a proper cricket ground. And far more expensive than rubber. Lords needs to sort out way more than its floor first, though. Like the fact that if you train there, you can't get out of any doors because they're all locked. <laughs> <laughs> well, today we we had training at Lords and you had to park behind the pavilion then you had to get your cricket kit out of your bag and you had to walk around on the road all the way down St. John's Wood Road, all the way up Wellington Place and then back in the North Gate and down to the indoor school. Bet that was a nightmare um, with your spikes on. Well, <laughs> one of the lads, John Simpson, did it fully padded up with helmet and bat in hand. There's people driving around you know, Lords that day. Like, what, what a treat. There's some big names in that Middlesex dressing room. You know, Tim Murta. And that, that's about it. But they're, they're, I'm sure there's some others as well. Philly, what a treat if you're driving around Lords and you're a cricket fan. However, with your first point about the all ground should be flat, well, Lords is out of the equation straight away. It's the biggest slope in world cricket. No, I don't mind a slope. Slopes are fine. I don't like when you're running and you're sprinting for a ball and you then do that thing where the ground comes up a bit and you, you can't get a straight leg. So you kind of fall over yourself. And it happened that we played a three-day game last week and it happened loads to me. So it's more that I was embarrassed by it. And I think it just now needs to be Kate, eliminated from cricket. Yeah, Kate, Dan? don't mind me saying so. One of, one of the great things about the No Ball podcast is that your rationalism against Hartley's surrealism, right? That is that is why I love so much about your podcast. And yet you have just told me that you don't have a problem with Lords when you want every ground to be flat because it's a slope. Like that is that is a Hartleyism. That is. What you mean oh. is you don't like you don't like bumps. That's your issue. I said that. You can't cope, you and can't bumps. cope with you can't cope you can't cope with bumps. I mean, you know, some of us who play proper cricket, we we we're doing it on basically a mo- a Moogle field in sodding the Northern Alps. That's how normal cricket actually works. You are so spoilt, you lot, with your black <laughs> bowling green surfaces. It's extraordinary. I'd be quite happy to go as far as saying that I would prefer every cricket ground in the world to be completely flat, not just without bumps. I you would like Lords. every surface to be completely flat. I didn't say I hate Lords. <laughs> I said in the essence of rhythm as a bowler and form, I would say that if every surface was flat. Like the Oval. Like the Oval, like Old Trafford, is very flat. Is this a come and get week. me, please, Finney? Is this a come and get me, please? <laughs> Potentially. <laughs> well, you are playing for the greatest hundred team at all. I am. So you're right. I've been screaming their name all afternoon in front of a camera. <laughs> now I want to come back to the hundred teams because that's right. All three of you are playing in the same team, which is very, very exciting. I want to come back to that. But before we do any of that, uh, Alex and Kate, we of course need to keep your wonderful sponsors. 
happy. So you see, Zero's Ducks Given, we don't have a sponsor yet. Uh, we are a blank canvas and we are open to being sponsored by just about anything. Uh, Daniel Norcross will do sick things if the money's right. He will do disgusting things for the right price. However, you, of course, do have wonderful sponsors. Not, not just one, but two sponsors. And it would be a miss of me to not give them lots of love at the start of the podcast. So uh, would either of you like to say hello to your wonderful sponsors? Yeah, I'll kick us off. And the beauty for you guys is that because we're now moving to the BBC, mm. we have got some microphones that might be available. And they're, we are sponsored by Samsung. These are the guys that gave us the microphones. They make us sound 10 out of 10. What comes out of our mouth is not 10 out of 10. We say that every single week. But yeah, we're sponsored by Samsung and Hal Leonard Group. And they gave us a shed load of equipment, which we do not know how to use. But we can plug these ones in. And that's about as far as it goes. <laughs> can we just sell them? I mean... I know a load of people who'd love some decent microphones, including Not me. Not now that you've just said that, because they'll be on to us when they turn up on eBay. Daniel, can, can you please take one of these microphones? Every single week we put the podcast out. It's embarrassing. This bloke's meant to be from the BBC, Test Match Special. Yeah. And every single week we put the podcast out yeah. and all the comments say, yeah, nice, Pod, but I couldn't hear a thing that Daniel said. Well, like look, at the bottom of a well. Toby, I'll try to explain it to our listeners, because it, it's really quite simple. When you are on Test Match Special, you have a producer and you have people and they, you know, they do stuff for you. They fluff your ears and they make your hair feel fine in the breeze when you're just about to call. I mean, not Stephen Finn anymore, but a, a similar sort of person running into bold with the wind in his hair. And in my own house, I have nothing, absolutely nothing. And wh why would I have? Because I have the greatest broadcasting organisation the world has ever known at my fingertips when I do my actual work. And now, so do Hartley and Cross, because they've been signed up. Why didn't we get signed up? What the fuck were we doing? That means that we're just sitting here still, talking into my iPhone on my <laughs> bed, and these two have hit the big time. Explain how that happened, Hartley. What's going on here? Well, we don't really know. It was a bit of a fluke, really, wasn't it? We were going to sack off the podcast because it was getting a bit of a ball ache, and we were like, oh, can we Tell really be bothered? It. Can we be bothered? It's it's a lot of effort for not much reward. And then came knocking the BBC. Unbelievable. I, I feel like I've let the side down here because Daniel Norcross, Test Match Special. Stephen Finn has featured on Test Match Special. Me, commercial radio whore. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and I feel like that, I feel like that's probably what spooked the BBC. And of course, you know, the terrible content of our of our podcast, but mainly the whole fact that, you know, I am the anchor of our Zero Ducks Given podcast and a complete commercial radio whore. I like to think that's where we're going wrong. Um, I've got to ask you, let's Stephen Finn, let's go to you. Uh, what's on your sticky note? What, what's been on, what, what have you, what's caught your eye other than cricket this week? Or it could be cricket based. It's a good question. You've thrown me there. Um... <laughs> Do you want to come to me and then you go back to him? Yeah, you go on. You, yeah. you have a good think about it. I've, I've had a vacant week. Daniel, what's on your sticky note, mate? My sticky note, I'll tell you right now. Um, Antiques Road Trip has restarted and I am all over it because it fills this beautiful time between around five and six. And then my wife speaks to her dad between six and seven. So I can like get in an episode of Domino or Fargo or whatever I want. But between five and six, me and my wife would properly bond over a program that drives us both totally nuts. So if you're not familiar with Antiques Road Trip, it's two antiques experts they wander around the country over the course of five days and they try to make a profit for children in need very important tim wanacott very annoyingly seems to be obsessed by sleep the entire time and going it's 
It's the end of the day. And the light is still shining. It goes nighty night and off they go to bed. That drives me absolutely mad. And they have to pay the auction fees. So you've got these like weird, genuine lies. I mean, these are the things that I worry about with the BBC. These are the lies I worry about. <laughs> when Tim Wanacott says, oh, when somebody's like bought something for 50 quid and sells it for 60 quid, it's not a big profit, but it is a profit. It isn't a profit. After auction fees, it isn't a profit. You're lying to me. So it drives me insane. Yeah, at the same time, the thing I want more than anything in life is to be on Celebrity Antiques Road Trip just <laughs> once with Charlie Ross or Christina Trevanian, who looks weirdly like my wife. Actually. <laughs> uh, high cheekbones, same sort of hair, similar smile. And I, I, that's all, you know, it, I guess maybe lockdown's got to me. I don't know what it is, but... I don't care about this podcast anymore. I want to be on Celebrity Antiques Road Trip. If this is a come and get me, please. If Finney wants to go to Surrey, and I understand that, on those flat pitches, lovely flat surface, similarly, I want to go to Celebrity Antiques Road Trip. That's on my sticky note today. Okay, well, the yeah. campaign starts here to get you on to Celebrity Antiques Road Trip. Uh, Kate, have you, have you ever seen the show? Because I've got no idea what he's talking about. Between five and six, if you're not watching The Chase, then I don't know. Yeah, I don't want to be associated with you, Dan, to be honest. You've got Sky Plus, for Christ's sake. You just stick it on the planner. I mean, you can watch two things at once. No, I thought Antiques Roadshow was the one where they they sell sell No, no, no. Not Antiques Roadshow, Alex. Don't get that. I hate Antiques Roadshow with a passion. (laughs) Because that's that's people turn up and go, well, I, I never wanted to sell this because it's my mother's keepsake. But you know, I'd love to know if it's worth shitloads of money and I can flog it. That program I despise. Antiques Road Trip. It's charming. It's elegant. It has classic vintage cars. You wander around like small market towns in Devon, Cornwall and Lincolnshire and you buy Honestly, trinkets. Honestly, Dan, yeah. you need to shut up because it sounds crap. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> All right. Oh, my God, Fucking Alex, hell. you've just said to Dan what I wanted to say to him ever since I met him. And I'm so honestly, you're going to be losing listeners by the second on that. <laughs> Alex, what about daytime telly? Do you watch any? Everyone's got that crap daily TV show that they like to watch. Yeah, I used to have a bit of a ritual. So it was tenable at three o'clock. Oh, tipping point, Ooh. the chase, eggheads. Wow. Okay. Now, not much pointless love going on here, which is. I like pointless. Yeah. It clashes with the chase, which is the. Yeah. Which is the it tricky is annoying. Thing. I was, I was an answer on Pointless once, and I don't know how I feel about it because I was the pointless answer. Oh. Me too. Me too. A lot of women's cricketers are pointless yeah. answers. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I, was a, I was a pointless answer on Pointless. Well, yeah, my, it was my TM, good... TMS commentators. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I would have gone straight to you, Norcra. Well, my, my, my good friend, I'm name dropping here, but Jenny Fortner, the lovely Jenny Fortner, she was an answer on Pointless, and she was worth one point, and she was a bit devastated. She was like, I'm comp- it's a compliment to be on the show but not a great compliment that only one person out of 100 could name you. But I think the fact that you made the show means you're famous enough. Hang on, I've, done, I've, I've got something terrible here, and it, which is really on, on point. Um, it wasn't pointless, it was only connect. Fuck's sake. This is what I'm dealing with every week. Every week. I was, I, was, I was the TMS commentator that they didn't get on the wall on only connect. <laughs> <laughs> you should get that on your business card. Now, Finney, whilst yeah. you, you, you said, uh, we said if we could give you a few minutes to think. Well, Daniel's given you about 15 minutes there. So uh, what's on your sticky note, Finney? I've decided I did a lot of driving up and down the M1 and the M6 today. And, well, not today, this week. Uh, and I've decided that 
I hate the process or the uh, of traveling. And I, if I was an inventor, then I would invent a transporter where you could just click your fingers and you could be in your destination. And that would be imperative to, to me getting a couple of extra hours at home with my cats before I had to go to cricket games. Are you, an, are you honestly, Finny, are you an eight-year-old boy? I mean, I mean, deep down, deep down, yes, I am, absolutely. Like, like most sportsmen, I haven't grown up yet. I've got no responsibilities. I'm 32 years old. And when I have to go into the real world, I, I'm basically fucked. So in, in 1977, when I was eight years old, there was a program called Bewitched, in which a, a woman could click her fingers and just go, and then rematerialize somewhere else. What's that on the, the on the radio pain. on the wireless or something or is that TV or <laughs> no? It was not. It wasn't the wireless. And it was it on the wind up black, television. Wasn't even black and white. It was highly saturated, pink colorated American TV from did the nineteen sixties. Put a shilling into the was... TV to play it. <laughs> yeah, I did. All right, I did. Now, you, you don't know how tough I had it. We were now, all living in a cardboard box in the middle of the road. That's how tough we had it in the nineteen seventies, <laughs> and we used to peer at other people's televisions using a periscope. A periscope with extra magnification, just to see how the other half lived, Toby. You can go to prison <laughs> but... for that. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I've got to take some, uh, take some. I don't know if this is the right word. Take some umbrage. Is that the right word, Daniel? I never know if I'm using that phrase correctly. With what Finnish just said there, because this is turning into Room One Hundred One, not a cricket podcast at all. But there's a couple of things. First of all, I I quite like a long flight. You can read some books. You can watch a film. I'm a fan of a long flight. I wouldn't want to just wipe out long flights. And I like a what train journey. What class are you in, Toby? What class? I feel you like in? you're a business class man, though. Well, it's certainly if certainly if, uh, if if Dad's paying. Yeah, it, it makes it it does <laughs> it makes it a little bit easier. Train journeys. I like a train journey. I'm a big fan of a train journey. Has anybody else on this call, apart from probably Finney, been on a business class flight? No. Yes, so there's it's hands you. raised. It's no, and- Alex and Kate just raised their hands. They've How been on business class flights. What have you, what have you Did done TMS to not that? fly you around business class? TMS put me no, it was literally in the lavatory. <laughs> that was just in the lavatory oh, well, for the entire well, time. The money from that went on my business class flights. Yeah, I'm Funny I'm, that, Dan, because they, they, they fly me business class. Fucking hell. How is everybody else getting this? Kate, where have you flown business class to? We've done... Australia and recently New Zealand, which oh, was yeah. good. Um, especially Aussie oh, yeah. goes everywhere business class. Yeah, oh yeah. And, and Alex, are you, uh, you, where have you flown business class in your time? Also everywhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, to be fair, I wouldn't pay for business class, but we get given it with England. So you're not gonna, you're not gonna be like, no, guys, I'll, I'll go in economy. Don't worry about that. You're yeah, obviously welcome to the BBC. Flight. The BBC are not going to send you on business class. I no, Dan, you. they fly me business class everywhere. I'm really looking forward to our next tour together, Hartley, when you finally discover what this big money transfer actually means. I'll come and bring you a steak sandwich from business class. <laughs> oh, there'll be that beautiful moment where Dan's boring you to tears, walking down the runway to the plane with you, chatting about, I don't know, some TV show from the 70s you never heard of. And then you go, anyway, sorry, Dan, I'd love to finish this conversation, but I've got to go left and you've got to go right here. Oh, that's going to be a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful moment. Um, I do so I do like a long flight, but also train journeys I like. And also, if we get rid of train journeys, my dad's TV show, Chris Tarrant Extreme Railways, that goes right out the window if Finney's invention happens. And that's 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 my uh, inheritance going to the ship. Yeah, that's bye-bye business I was going to say, it's probably not a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all, all eight people that watch that show will really miss that. So... Uh, 
Well, uh, come on, Alex. Well, would you, are you happy with Finney's invention? Yeah, no, I am. I get a really bad back from driving. I've got a oh, body. Oh, that was from that guy from your inbox. <laughs> <laughs> your car's not half the work for it. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the body of an old fast bowler as a as a spinner. So, I, yeah, I'm, I'm with Finney. You may have the body of a weak and feeble woman, but you have the heart and mind of a... Is it concrete elephant or is that black adder? <laughs> wow. <laughs> this is why we need to record the podcast earlier in the day because Norcross is levered by about 2pm. That Norcross is levered by 2pm. This is absolutely... No, it's, it's a well-known quote. From what, from what though? It's going to be a film from 1972. It's from Bla- it's, no, it's from Blackadder. You uh, may have the body... I'm a weak and feeble woman, but I have the heart and mind of a concrete elephant. Is what Elizabeth, the Queen, says in Blackadder 2. Jesus Christ, I'm my sorry. references are now so old. They're not <laughs> worthless. They're worthless. Speaking of journeys, I feel a bit carsick looking at Dan here with that. Will you hold your phone still? No, I can't because <laughs> I it's sick. in one hand, isn't it? You know, can you hold one hand completely still for the entire time? Yeah, but your hand's shaking like like somebody much older than yourself. Barely shaking at all, given, <laughs> you know, that it's a phone and I've not stopped drinking. So it's have locked. the BBC not got your laptop either? <laughs> no, you don't nothing. get a fucking laptop with a BBC. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly not if you're the only commentator they can't name on Only Connect. <laughs> I think you guys haven't been informed how it works at the BBC. You've been signed up by them to do the podcast. <laughs> After that, there's there's no glamour. It's a uh, nightmare. You're just stuck <laughs> in your fucking bedroom with a phone. Um, now, Alex, I want to ask you a genuine cricketing question, which, uh, believe it or not, we do occasionally talk about cricket on this podcast, because I read a very lovely chat with you in the Cricketer magazine about how much you're enjoying cricket again and you've fallen back in love with the game, and it was very, very nice to read. I am, yeah, because when I play cricket for England, I fucking hated it. Um, <laughs> but now I've stopped playing cricket for England, I've I've sort of got a good balance of life. I like to go out for a wine and I like to bowl a few overs on a Monday. It's great. <laughs> that sounds much more my scene. Finney, I mean, this is something you can relate to. Obviously, the pinnacle was playing for England. and it was. But are there times when you're playing for Middlesex, you're going, there is a nice little bit of less pressure when I'm playing with my mates at Middlesex every week? Oh, it poses different challenges, doesn't it? I think there's an excitement about playing in front of a big crowd for England, which fires you up. Um, but yeah, when you've got knobhead journalists like Dan Norcross writing every word under the sun <laughs> about you saying you're shit, it's not all that enjoyable. So um, yeah, there are elements of playing for England that you you naturally love. And then there are elements that are, are slightly more negative as well. So um, so thanks, Dan, for that, for, for all those kind words <laughs> over the years. <laughs> Hey, my mum's just brought me a pad thai. How good's that? What? Look at that. What? What? That's unbelievable. Pad thai. The perks of living at home. That's my favourite meal in the world as well. Has she crushed any cashew nuts in there? Yeah, it looks good. Oh. I wondered what she was banging downstairs. My dad's not in. I was like, what's she doing? What she, what she was banging downstairs. <laughs> oh, that's... Um, not, not once. We've been doing our podcast for months. Not once has my much better half Pippa walked in here and provided me even a bag of crisps, anything. Some peanuts would be nice, something. Um, Kate, I want to ask you now, the the big question is, so this is your future teammate that you're staring at here, Steve and Finn. You're all playing for the same team in the 100, uh, you, Finney and Alex. What does he need to know about the town that he's going to be moving to, the city he's going to be moving to? Can you show him around? Can you 
show them where to eat, where not to eat, where to drink, where not to eat. Yes, absolutely. We've already had a bit of a chat about this, but we've already said we want the 100 to be a fun two, three weeks, however long it is. And Finney's obviously made the right choice. He's come to the right team. And we're all about the fun in Manchester. We've we've not been a Manchester team for four years. We've been Lancashire. Um, so it's the first time that we're representing Manchester. And we've actually been really terrible at cricket. We've not won any games. I think we won two out of four years. So it was pretty tragic. It's because Crossy was captain. One year. One year. Well, I just uh, when you say that I chose to play for Manchester, I think they scraped <laughs> me up off the bargain basement. <laughs> Take it, Finney. Yeah, that's it. No, I, I'm certainly not complaining, no. I'm looking forward to it. But Finney is very... Um, I have learned in the last week that he's quite, he's quite a princess because he is gutted that he's going to have to stay in the Hilton, at, at oh. not the Lowry. Yeah. I heard about this. Well, I think there's a valid point there. I, I pl- we played a four-day game at uh, Old Trafford last week, and every morning at seven thirty, the groundsman's mowing the fucking grass. I don't want to hear the groundsman <laughs> mowing the grass that I'm going to hit get hit for four on at seven thirty in the morning every morning. I'd like to be in my comfortable hotel, the Lowry, a couple of miles away, nice breakfast, then I'll come to the ground and deal with the cricket. Not twenty-four hours a day. Can I just say? You're absolutely right. Uh, I was in the bubble last year for a couple of test matches. And the alpha male madness of that ground staff, it's like, you know, it's like when if you've ever moved house, they arrive at half bloody six, don't they? They said they're going to arrive at seven, they arrive at half six. If you ever get plumbing done, if you ever get anything needed done in the house, they've got to arrive before seven o'clock. And similarly, the ground staff at, at Old Trafford, they are absolute fascists. (laughs) <laughs> They're out there making unbelievable noises in piercing light because it's only ever bright in Manchester between five and six in the morning, and then it gets grey. And the whole thing just like flings you out of bed. It's hellish, absolutely hellish. I'm with you, Finney. Now, I'm, I feel like you hear rumours of um, what it's like inside the Olympic Village during the Olympics. and that, That's how I'm picturing this, this hotel in Manchester. It's just going to be a free day. It's going to be a free day, 16 to 30 holiday, isn't it, this thing? Free day. Brilliant for this day. It's going to be four weeks. Sorry, sorry, not three days, four weeks. Four weeks, 16 to 30 holiday. That's, that's, that's what I'm picturing this to be. And, uh, and, and, and Kate, I feel like she's going to be the ringleader. Well, so my response to Finney about the whole Hilton thing was, we have a discount card, which means that pints are like £1.90. So, <laughs> what is it's like true. about that? I got a large wine last week for two pound eighty. That Ooh. is unbelievable. How bad was your headache Ooh. the next morning? I was playing cricket, so I only had a couple. <laughs> <laughs> it was bad. Yeah, a couple of inverted commas. How are you getting it at that price? What is that? Is that this get... is what I'm saying. You get so when Finney signed, he, he's going to get yeah. a little picture, a little card with his name on it that gets him in the gate. But if you show that the lady at the bar at the Hilton. And Nero, but less so with Nero. Not bother about that. Then you, she gives you like a round. Hang on, for Hang on. Kate. So, so, that, so there's an opportunity cost for signing for for Lancashire or whatever it's called, Manchester Originals. You, um, you, if, if you were an, if you were George Best, you could probably make about two hundred quid a night out of, <laughs> out of basically, you know, discounted booze. Is that what you're saying? No, I don't want to start any rumours, Dan. <laughs> but it was one of the things that 
Finney then turned around and was like, okay, maybe it won't be so bad. <laughs> <laughs> She's thrown you under the bus there, Finney. There we go. She, she knew she knew my weak point first up, <laughs> went for it. <laughs> to be fair, you can bowl. I mean, what? I, I'm, it's not even four overs, is it? The maximum a bowler can bowl in a hundred. So you can be pretty hungover. And also, Finney, by the time, you know, Someone's got stuck into your bowling. The captain, they can take you off after like two two balls or something in the hundred. You could be you could be hung over and do your game in about thirty seconds. Right, just you wait till those little spindly arms are facing me at um at some <laughs> net somewhere and the ball bursts through it and you end up in A and E, oh. something like that. We'll just wait and see. <laughs> Kate and Alex, so I don't know if you know about this, but very early on in the podcast, I decided to just uh, I've, me and Finney have never physically met. We've only met through the medium of Zoom. Um, and I just decided early on in the podcast, for no reason in particular, that I was just going to constantly undermine Finney. Uh, and then he challenged me to a net, and now I'm, I'm shitting myself. And at some point... <laughs> gonna... <laughs> can, can I have some batting tips from, from you both? What, what do I need to do when I face, when I face right. Finney? You, you've asked the wrong people there, don't we? Right, okay, yeah. You really have, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you really have. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I bat 11. Yeah. Crossy, you're all right this year, you're at eight. I'm all right. I'm all right. Toby, we've not faced anything as quick as Finney, so you're really asking the wrong people. Just make sure you got your box on and you'll be grand. Wait a minute, though. Alex, doesn't Alex hold the world record for the longest amount of time as an England international without getting out? You've never seen a smugger person, Alex Hartley. I wish people could see this. Arrogantly eating a pad thai whilst Dan reeled off that stat and just nodding and smiling. It's true. It is true. I was, I was really sad that I got out, you know, because I could have got my whole England career without getting out, but got my off stump taken out by a lot. How long months. was it, Alex? How long was it? it was three, like three years, four years? It was. It seemed like forever. You never got yeah, out. Car- yeah. My career yeah, didn't last like... that long. meow. <laughs> oh, come on. Rossi's career has been 10 years, and I'd played more games than her until last year. Really? Why, why is that? Yeah. Why is that, Kate? Injuries get, kept getting dropped, kept getting too drunk on the discount booze? Yeah, all of the above and um, a little bit of mental health crept in as well, which we can laugh about now. It's fine. Um, but yeah, I had a little bit of a break. So Al then overtook me. She actually took my place in the team, um, which is why we stopped being mates for a little while. Oh, she's dropped a pad tie. Um, yeah, I got dropped and they needed another spinner and Al came in. So on the day that she got a debut, I had to pretend to congratulate her. She texts me like, yeah, good luck. Um, take it in. You'll, it'll be amazing. I was like this, it typing was, but, it with my middle finger. <laughs> that my debut was the worst day of my England career, to be fair. I hated every second of it. Really? I, I commentated every ball of it. And there was an hilarious moment where you, the first thing you actually did, as I recall, a short, fine leg, was that a really <laughs> simple ball just running straight through your hands and down to the boundary for four. And on commentary, because I was dead excited, go, oh, Alex Hartley making her debut. What am I going to say? And uh, yeah, well, I just, I, you know me, I went both barrels and said I was absolutely diabolical. But, uh, but, <laughs> There's a piece of AstroTurf you, down, so it just bobbled under that and hit that. Well, was there really? I think so. She's a fine leg. But after that, you you came back fantastically. You had a brilliant game after that. I mean, there was a, there was a couple yeah. of other, what? We were playing good. Pakistan and I yeah. bowled, 10 overs, none for 58. And that was the worst I've ever bowled in an England shirt. Yeah, but apart from that... Yeah. You came back a bit in the field, though. You came back a bit in the field. I liked it. I, 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 did, a few, I did a few long barriers and got it back. 
yeah, yeah, true. Fair enough. Right. Alex, genuinely, that moment when that, yeah, yeah, I guess it's like you're making your debut. You're like, right, just the first thing that happens, you want to do it well. So when that ball goes past you at fine leg, did you just want the, the ground to just swallow you up at that point? Obi, it didn't go past her. It went through, through her. Sorry, through, yes. Yeah, through sorry. her. Cheers, Crossy. Um, do you know what? I, I laughed and thought, well, that's just that's just typical me. I'm I'm a really, really bad fielder. And I thought, yeah, of course the ball's gonna come to me second ball and I'm gonna let it go for four. I bet no one else has ever done that. Kate's Kate's running around her living room going, Oh, there's still room for cross when I want to no, come I was, back. I was bloody running the drinks for her. Even worse, salt in the wound. I'm spitting in a drink before I take it out. <laughs> Really, mate, there, there must be genuinely, because you've been in, you know, in England sides where they're rotating the seamers and stuff like that. There must be an element of, and you're always very polite and very uh, sportsmanlike with your answers, but you know, you know, in the warm-up games, you know, in the nets, you know, in training, when you're on tour with England, it's between me and these two, three other guys for that seamer position. And when one of them gets picked... Part of you doesn't want to see your mate do badly, but the other part of you must know that if they're not bowling well or performing well, that that is your chance to get into the side. Well, yeah, but imagine you lived your life thinking like that. You'd be a fucking miserable. You'd be as miserable as Dan. (laughs) (laughs) Genuine. (laughs) I didn't, or I tried not to. Like you, you do know, obviously, if you're fighting with someone for a spot in the team, you know that if they go and do well, then that's you out of the side for a little bit, but that's also the price you pay for playing as part of a good team. I mean, if it was like a revolving door, like the England team in the nineties, you'd literally never win anything. So you almost have to accept the fact that you'd rather play. I'd rather have played 10 less test matches and been able to play in the series and the wins and the good teams that I have rather than play 10 more and play for a shit team and never win anything. Most definitely. That's where me and Finney are really different. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, you, you, as long as you're performing well, you're happy, right? No, I'm only messing. I'm only messing. I, I mean, I had my place taken by the world's left arm spinner. At, she was 19 years old, so there's nothing else I can do about that, is there? Oh, God, that's... Uh, that's uh, tackling the warm-up. She's playing for Manchester as well, isn't she? So... Yeah, oh, but it's really annoying because she's one of my mates as well. So oh. you think, can I do her ACL? Probably not. Oh. Just to be clear, we're talking about Sophie Eccleston, who is, in my view, I mean, she's the the only woman player that I can think of, with possible exception of Sarah Taylor, who actually is exactly the same as the best left arm male spinner in the world. She just comes at five foot eleven, and she flings it in at like fifty five miles an hour, and she makes it turn. I mean, what more do you want? She's absolutely brilliant, and she can bat as well. She gets six off her first ball in international the cricket. Fir- yeah, the first ever person in the world, male or female, to hit their first ball in a test match for six. It's a very, Unbelievable. Very, very different start to their England career. Alex lets one through her at short fine leg, and Sophie, Sophie spans one over the rope. The story writes itself, doesn't it? <laughs> you are up against it, Alex. There's no doubt about it. You are up against it. Yeah, but is she sat there eating a homemade pad thai now? No, she's not. <laughs> exactly. I know how I'd rather be, Alex. <laughs> Um, Kate, you were showing me some photos of... We, we've only really glossed over this Twickenham uh, visit earlier, so I should explain that, uh, that Kate uh, was at Twickenham earlier doing some promotion for the 100, because before the podcast started, you showed me a photo of uh, the aforementioned Sophie Eccleston 
wearing like a morph suit or something. What the hell is going on? What What's happening? Yeah, I don't know. I don't actually know what it is, but they basically put her in. Um, it was called an avatar costume. So they've like linked her up, everything, shoes covered. She had this massive headpiece on with like a camera that came down. And I think they're basically going to make the 100 very um, user-friendly for young kids. So it's going to be very virtual, very, you know, on your phone that kind of thing so when you go to the ground you can have a an experience of what cricket is like and i think basically um al you should get this app actually because sophie will then be teaching you how to bowl left arm spin <laughs> so it's it's like all virtual it's going to be really cool i don't know how it's going to look she didn't look good at the time um but the rest of it was just you typical content and obviously finney was there as well today um but yeah, just what's great about Manchester. The amount of times I had to mention Oasis was ridiculous. Uh, well, uh, welcome to my Monday to Friday gig. <laughs> <laughs> I got paid every time I said Oasis on Radio X. I'd be a very, very rich man. Finney, I noticed they didn't make you dress up in uh, in an Avatar outfit. No, they didn't have one big enough for me, I don't think. <laughs> Either that or my stars faded so much. Like It sounds like I've had a very different experience. I literally was the last one. I got rushed in literally about 30 seconds of makeup the bloke was like yeah we'll just do that Boof, yeah that'll do you uh, five minutes of photos five minutes of video content capture and then i walked straight out of twickenham so yeah a slightly different experience for me today that was like my day as well Finny. it was little little fish in yeah the pond. little we'll fish just, we'll we just... know we're not important it's fine now here's a question that just oh. sprung into my mind when you talked about sophie eccleston there but have any of you featured on like Xbox cricket games and did you look anything like yourself in real life? I've got, I've got them pictures actually. You sent me them, didn't you, Al? You look like Yeah. I look like me because we did it during the 2017 World Cup where FIFA it won't be FIFA, will it? And they put all the took pictures and stuff and so I look like me, Crossy, on the other <laughs> hand. Oh my god. There. You've never seen anything like it. <laughs> that's that's amazing. I've always wanted to be on like a FIFA game, not having just designed myself to look like me, but actually them do it for me. Gossie, what did what what did you look like? I'm trying to find it for you now. Honestly, she looks it... more like Deandra Dotty than she did. <laughs> you couldn't have got it worse. You couldn't have got it less like me. It looks more like me than it did like me. All medium fast bowlers look the same. I've always said that. <laughs> it was the Ashes, wasn't it, Al? It was an Ashes game. I probably have it somewhere. I've probably got it knocking around in all my old Xbox games that I never play. Finney, you must have been on quite a few. Yeah, what? I just look like a miscellaneous man <laughs> with dark hair and no features. <laughs> no, that's not true. That's not true. I've actually commentated you bowling. and uh, During the first COVID lockdown, the cricketer had a thing called the uh, Coronavirus Cup where they got me and Ali Mitchell, Henry Moran, and Adam Collins, and others to commentate. I did games the game of, of that. Did you? You did. You did it with Henry, didn't you? Did it with Henry. And it was painful. It, it was proper shit. It was, <laughs> it was. Yeah, it was very, very difficult. But if you did, uh, if you did Middlesex at any point, you saw Finney. <laughs> and, and he looked like, he actually looked like an Easter Island statue, which we were talking about earlier. You, you sort of like, came at us with this very severe intense face but like it never moved and then he banged it you banged it in just short of a length and got carted over well backward point sometimes and then when they moved their feet backward square yeah quite (laughs) quite accurate yeah right i found them so this is al oh yours is decent alex yeah yours is decent so there don't know why you've got a bat in your hand yeah and then this is me 
<laughs> what? You look like Mesut Ozil. <laughs> Awful, that isn't it? And I'm batting with an Im- impact bat. Why don't they just do a Harman Preet Core one? There must be one out there that yeah, sure. Harman Preet Core, and that'll do because you this look is, exactly like her. This is like uh, Alex featuring on Pointless. Is it a compliment that you were on the game, but they didn't know what you looked like at all? I, I don't know. We'll definitely post a picture of this on social you know media. That's wrong. Because that nose is too small for crossing. <laughs> oh, yeah. should, have t- should have taken the one from you, Finney, and just stuck it on crossing. <laughs> <laughs> that is one thing me and Finney do have in common. <laughs> and a discount, of course. And the, the discount Hilton, code, Manchester. yeah. yeah. Um, I, I mean, before we wrap things up, well, there is actually one serious issue that I did want to discuss. And also, I wanted to give a mention to the wonderful Izzy Westbury, who uh, we love very much. And uh, I first met through Daniel doing our... Yahoo Sport cricket show that uh, got cancelled and then the whole of the UK branch of Yahoo Sport was immediately shut down. We, we like to think it wasn't anything to do with our wonderful cricket show. Um, but Izzy Westbury, Daniel Norcross, tell me what the wonderful Izzy Westbury has been up to this week. Well, the very last and most exciting sporting event before shutdown was the Women's T20 World Cup and it took place in Australia. There were 86,000 people at the final and in the final were Australia and India. India had got through, and England were, were brutally robbed by rain, were they? Or did they lose a game they shouldn't have lost? Anyway, didn't matter. In that final, in front of this massive crowd, Australia won, which was no enormous surprise. But the Indian team had $500,000 of prize money that was bequeathed straight to that Indian team. And Izzy Westbury has dug deep and dug dug hard and discovered that where are we now 2021 may those indian women have not received any of that five hundred thousand dollars five hundred thousand dollars and it turns out to be five hundred and sixty thousand dollars in price money because they were also bequeathed another fifth or bequeathed that promised fifteen thousand further dollars for each group stage win that they got and they received nothing so easy westbury wrote about this and miraculously and brilliant what well, I say miraculously brilliantly at any rate it, the BCCI realised or, or announced that they were going to pay the Indian women for what they'd done 14 months ago but it gets weirder and weirder as it transpires that four of their players have been living and training and playing as if they thought they were still on contract for the last eight months but are not. So uh, essentially what Izzy's doing is shining a light on the way Indian women are certainly being paid. Uh, I'd be fascinated to know here because there's a bunch of people who've won World Cups. I'd love to know when they got paid their bonus money. Um, Alex, you won the World Cup. How long did it take for you to get paid your bonus money? Oh, that's a good question. I won the World Cup a long time ago. I think 2019, it's not that long ago. I mean, I know I'm 52. At 17. Crossy, You're right. Crossy, was in, Crossy was involved in the same World Cup as India, obviously in 2020. So she'll be the one to see when she got her prize money for reaching the quarters. I got asked about this actually the other week, well, last week, and I didn't know why I was getting asked, but I think we got ours in June. So March, April, May, June. So three months later. But notoriously, I don't know what it's like on the men's side, but prize money and series win money and match appearance money seems to take ages to come in it just seems to 
for whatever reason it seems to get held up somewhere but um, 14 months later i don't know what that's about that is obviously something's not gone not gone right the there bcci have got it in a bank account with good interest rates i reckon yeah, well, I well, mean, they're, they're not short of a few, Bob, the BCCI, let's be honest as yeah, well. But, but can, we, can we have a shout out to Izzy, though? Because, I mean, that, a, lot of people, a lot of people give journalists a bad name. And what she's done is seek out a story, find a story, expose a thing, and, as a result, actually improve the material life of, of those women. I mean, not yet, because they've been asked to send in invoices. And I find that absolutely staggering. I mean... I send in the occasional invoice, but to your employer, for something you've done 14 months ago, can I have my $25,000, please? That seems a very bizarre thing. Have you ever had to send an invoice, Alex? No, and I think, do you know the thing that really annoys me about this is that that prize money for a lot of their girls is more than their contract's worth. So it's a life-changing amount of money for some of these girls, and they've just not been paid it for 14 months and had... the couple of the girls had this money no doubt things would have been a lot easier in the past 18 months because it's been tough for everybody um so it, it has been a bit of a shambles so shout out to izzy westbury for actually saying this is crap and it needs sorting out yeah and well done izzy and also i don't know what the bcci thought was going to happen oh it, it, it will just go away hopefully at some point somebody's going to stick their hand up and go hello we've not been paid for this yet so well done izzy westbury uh, that is all that we've got time for but uh, kate and alex can i just say a massive thank you to you two for this crossover podcast. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And when you go to the BBC and become big time, don't forget the little people, yeah? No, thank you. We've got a spare microphone you can have now, so it's all right. Thanks very much. I've only, uh, got, I've only got one problem with this, which is that we call it the crossover, which is like, you know, I mean, that's obviously a, a lovely pun on Kate Cross. Uh, but where yeah. can we bring Hartley into this? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll work on that in post. I'm always the forgotten friend, it's fine. What I was going to say, though, is that in the 100, we're obviously going to have access to Finney every week, so we can do some wine casts at the bar with our discount code, so it'll be a great time. Great. Well, send us photos of you three having fun in the bar in the Hilton, and me and Daniel will be down in London slumming it, paying six quid a pint. <laughs> yeah, um, joy. Lovely to see you all. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Kate. Uh, Daniel, Finney, I'll see you next week, you beautiful, beautiful chaps. See you guys. Oh, yeah. Oh, and uh, thank you very much to the lovely sponsors of No Balls as well. Let's not forget how wonderful those sponsors are and what great microphones they've got. Cheers, all. <laughs> <laughs>